you know, a lot of people say, oh, what does social media have to do with like PR? Everything. If you have good PR, you should be promoting on your social media. Your social media is going to help your SEO. So they all go together. Your social media, SEO, PR ads, they all go together. Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. Welcome to Digital Marketing Masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse, and today my guest is Marissa Schwartz. How are you doing, Marissa? I'm wonderful. How about you? I'm doing super duper. I want to read your bio so everybody knows who you are. Dr. Marissa Schwartz is the owner of Dr. Rissy Writing and Marketing and Gen Z Publishing, and she's been an entrepreneur since she was in high school. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about Dr. Rissy Writing? Yeah, so I actually started Dr. based on what I did in high school. So when I was in high school, my friends were all getting jobs at the mall that they hated, you know, made them miserable. And I said, I don't want to do something that's going to make me miserable. I want to do something I enjoy. So my mother suggested freelancing. And I didn't know anything about it at the time, but I tried it. I started out by editing a children's horror book. At that point, I had already self-published the book, so I knew uh, about the book process, you know, the writing, editing, publishing, all that. So I went for it and it went really well. And she recommended me to a friend who recommended me to another. And before I knew it, I had this editing and writing freelance business going. And then I had clients saying, you know, I love your writing. I wish it were, you know, SEO friendly. I wish that you could do social media. So I started building up a team that could do that. And now fast forward 10 years later, Dr. Rissy's writing and marketing is ranked the number one social media and PR company in the New York, New Jersey area by Thumbtack. And uh, we have helped thousands of clients over the past 10 years. And we have a, a nice team and, you know, thrilled that we're able to do these services for people. And, you know, it's 360. So, you know, a lot of people say, oh, what does social media have to do with like PR? Everything. If you have good PR, you should be promoting on your social media. Your social media is going to help your SEO. So they all go together. Your social media, SEO, PR ads, they all go together. So we do all of those things. Right. I think a really simple explanation of that for people is that it's it is literally the World Wide Web. So you need to create that web where everything connects to each other thing. And the more the connections are, the more each thing will help the other. Can I steal so. that? I love that. It's it, I never thought like, the web. That is great. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, there's there's all these like separate studies that have been done, right? Like if you post things on social media that like, say you're going to have a promotion or sale or PR piece or something, and you're going to email it out for your email marketing, you can improve your conversion rate a couple percent if you run it on social media at the same time. Right. But if it's also on your website, you can improve another couple percent. Right. And then you know, as you go, like, you know, you put it on your podcast or if you have video or whatever those things are, each one adds like a little half a percent here, or percent there. But you add that up and you got 10 places, you go up five, six percent conversion rate. That's a huge amount of money. Right. Depending what you sell. But <laughs> I mean, for most companies, their conversion rate is a few percent to begin with. So if you're going up another, you know, you could double or triple the amount of money they're bringing in. But I don't want to talk too long about conversion rates and stuff. We can have that on another episode. So I want to talk about writing and digital marketing. And a lot of people, especially in small businesses, freelancers and stuff, they understand, OK, social media, I have to do because I got to talk to people. You know, maybe they have an idea about email marketing, their website. They write a little bit, usually poorly about themselves. And, you know, they're, they're like, OK, I'm done for the day. Right. Why is writing important 
when it comes to digital marketing? Well, there are a few things to think of with your writing. I mean, first off, you're writing for two audiences. You're writing for your human audience and, and you're trying to think of what's going to engage them. And usually emotions are the first thing. That's what hooks them. So whether the emotions are positive, like joy or excitement or even, you know, negative, like, you know, uh, anger or fear of missing out. You know, you want something that's going to appeal to them. But then you're also writing for the algorithms, the robots, basically. And that's where SEO comes in. You want to write with the keywords and language that they're going to rank your articles so that those humans can read your articles. Man, search optimization has really taken a bit of a twist over the last year or so. And it's become so competitive. Interesting thing, that I was talking with someone about a few weeks ago was any keyword that has any kind of commercial intent. So if it's something that you would say, okay, for my business, I think people are going to type in X, Y, Z. In the top three spots, all of them have done some kind of search optimization work, regardless of the term. Some company somewhere in the world has done SEO work on that word or that phrase. So if you're not doing SEO, you're just not going to rank. It's just the way it is. When it comes to writing, how is writing different for PR versus SEO or social media? Yeah. When you're writing for PR, you know, they're really different audience. Well, first off, I think the biggest thing is knowing your audience. So when you're doing PR, Maybe you're writing for a different audience than your own. So, you know, for example, if I'm writing on my blog, I'm writing differently than I am on Entrepreneur because Entrepreneur is a different audience. It's a much wider audience of entrepreneurs. Whereas if I'm writing on my social media, I know, okay, they're going to probably be probably be like millennial aged and they're going to have these kind of interests, blah, blah, blah. Like I, I know my audience versus others. So I think that that's the biggest thing, knowing your audience and then knowing the audience where you're posting. Yeah, I think an interesting thing that we talked about briefly before the show was I was saying I don't record the video for our podcast because it's audio focused. And I don't think when people are looking for audio that they go to a place like Vimeo or YouTube or something, right? When they want audio, they're going to, like you said, Clubhouse or another thing or they're going to podcast player. So I think the writing style really needs to fit the platform as well as the you know, whatever the the channel is, right? So if that's a social media channel, I would write something differently on Instagram versus something I would write on LinkedIn. Do you find a lot of people take their writing and they just kind of go paste, 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 paste to all the places? Well, they, some do. You know what's even worse than that, though, is where they have the automatic share. So they put something on Instagram and they have automatically share to their Facebook. And it doesn't get to shown to really anybody. I, Facebook just hates that. And really all the platforms hate that. So sometimes, you know, automatically posting from Instagram to Twitter. I've made that mistake before where I was like, oh, yeah, I'll have my posts automatically go out to Twitter. It hurts your account. You shouldn't do that because the, the website see it as lazy and, and know, okay, there's, you know, this is uh, not an original post. They want to see original posts. I have seen, and this is something that I've been kind of testing lately, is posting either from inside Facebook's creator platform where you can post to Instagram and Facebook, you know, from the from the creator suite. Um, the other thing that I've tried is taking posts from Instagram, having them automatically post back to Facebook, but then editing them on Facebook. It does seem to fix the engagement problem, uh, but I haven't... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. If you're editing them, that's totally fine. Like 
what we do is when we work with clients, we will take a post, we'll create the image, we'll create the text, we'll do the hashtags, and then we will hand post on each platform, you know, separate. And so like on Instagram, you want to use 30 hashtags or as Facebook, we really don't want to use any hashtags. And it's fine if you're hand posting them to each platform. The issue becomes when you're saying to Instagram, you know, when you're hitting that little button, automatically post this to Facebook, that's when the problem comes in. Say somebody is a freelancer, small business owners, like most of the people in our audience are. Where, where do you think is the biggest impact that they can have by improving their work? I think that you'll get a better reader retention and engagement rate, meaning that, you know, if you I've seen articles where people tried, but it's just it's not there. You know, the, the advice they're giving maybe is really cliche and I'm not going to reach out to them. But if I read something that arrests me and makes me go, wow, I never thought of it like that. This person's really smart. Maybe they could work with me. That's, that's what's going to help. You know, usually those are, like I was saying about the emotional, you know, usually they're appealing to an emotion. So either they're exciting me, they're making me say, wow, they got these results for their clients. I want to work with them, see if they could do that for me. Or maybe they said something that, you know, put a little fear into me where they said something like, oh, you know, the algorithms just changed. Reach out to us and see how we can help, you know, keep up to date with these new changes. Okay. You know, I'm a little fearful now that the algorithms changed. Let's see how they can help to ease that fear. So things like that definitely definitely help. So and how did you get I, I like I understand that how you started as a freelancer, like, you know, you were saying earlier and how you started Dr. Rissi writing, but you also have a publishing company, right? And you've got a couple other things you do. And how did how did that kind of expansion happen? Yeah. So when I, I, I mentioned about being in high school, I started freelancing. So I had published my own book. So I fast forwarded through a lot of stuff. So when I was in uh, college, I had my first book traditionally, traditionally published. And I learned a lot about the publishing uh, process and industry in doing that. And I decided to start my own book publishing company because I saw things that I, I, you know, I saw what they were doing great and what I would improve. And I also had proposed my book to about a hundred publishers and so many of them just didn't get back to me. And I found that so cold because I didn't know if they got my query, if they liked it, if they didn't like it. And I said, if I had a book publishing company, I wouldn't do that. I would reach out to everybody and at least acknowledge, Hey, here's what we liked about your book. And if you improve this, we'll consider publishing or, Hey, you know, this isn't a fit, but here's what would make it a fit. Like we give constructive feedback to, to everybody so that they know, Hey, we received it, you know, so that was one motivating factor for starting the book publishing company. And then I just, I love books. And then with the marketing, how it, it just grew because, you know, it became, I would write content for clients. They would say, you know, I love this content. Can you do this a service? And instead of saying, no, I said, you know what? I know somebody who can, let's, let's build this team up. Let's do these services for, you know, for our, our clients. And it's just been growing since then really organically. I didn't have a plan. My plan actually was, I went to a biomedical science Academy. I was going to become a medical doctor. But when I really realized in my biomedical science classes, I was rushing through my work so I could work on my writing and my editing and my businesses. I realized, oh, you know what? I think I have a passion for this much more than, you know, biomed. So. So did you get your doctorate in college? Like, are you actually Dr. Rissy? Yeah, I have my master's in communication and my doctorate in arts and, and literature. Oh, nice. So because you see a lot of people give themselves titles, you know, these days, it's, it's a pretty common thing, right? <laughs> 
It is. Um, I, I, you know, it's funny though. While I was earning my, my doctorate, I did call my company Dr. Rossi's and I wouldn't call it that before I was enrolled, obviously in my, in my program. I, I thought that the name is just, it's cute. It's catchy. It tells people that, you know, I and my team take what we do seriously. We are educated. Everybody on my team has an advanced degree. So, you know, I wanted to call Dr. Rossi's to show that. And I had somebody who left us a negative review and said, she doesn't have her doctorate yet. So I don't know how people who don't, aren't even enrolled are getting away with it. Cause even when I was a student who was a month away from graduating, I got a negative review because I hadn't actually graduated yet. Yeah, you know, people are like, you know, they're naming their company. Whatever. And if this, I'm going to make this up, but if it's somebody's company's name, I apologize. You know, they're like the flooring doctor or something like that. And you're like, I mean, you're not really a doctor. You're like, <laughs> you're just a guy who may know a lot about flooring, you know? So, yeah, that's super interesting. So, if you had to give some advice to somebody who wants to kind of overhaul the language that they're using and and you know and they're right specifically for their marketing what do you think would be the 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 low-hanging fruit there for someone yeah i first of all i use the term low-hanging fruit in seo all the time to refer to keywords that are competitive enough that people are actually searching for them but not so oversaturated that nobody's going to find you so i i love that you use the low-hanging fruit keyword word as well because it is it's it's great with this. But I think that the biggest thing is having consistent content, quality content, uh, and writing what you would want to read. And one of my tricks that I often do is I audio record. So I just became a contributor for Entrepreneur two weeks ago. And what I did for my first couple articles is I, I go a chiropractor and while I'm on the chiropractor's table, it's just me and, you know, they're relaxing music. I dictated my ideas for my first articles. And that makes them come out so much more personal. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm speaking from the heart and that way I know everything is completely original and from my head. And so I dictate it into, you know, my voice memo recorder and then I come home, I play it and I'm able to self edit as I type it up. So I'm actually skipping an entire draft stage because I already had that, that draft in my phone. It just makes everything come out much more personal. And I think that people uh, relate to that more. Yeah, there's, there's definitely some software and stuff around nowadays. And I actually heard it's going to be built into Windows 11 that's coming out soon, is that it's going to do dictation with proper spelling and grammar and, and punctuation and all those kinds of things. Um, yeah, I don't, I'm not a fan of dictation software. So like there's Dragon Dictation, all these things. I like actually just recording my voice, doing a voice memo, and then listening to it myself and typing it out myself. Because once you get into the dictation thing, first of all, it takes forever. You're correcting. I mean, if they did have something that could be very accurate, fine, but I haven't found anything like that. You're, you know, you're pausing, you're saying, hey, period, you're saying exclamation point. Like that's just so unnatural. So I like to actually do a full voice recording and then play it back, you know, kind of like a, a Dick Tracy kind of thing where I think he would do that. He would record his interviews and stuff. That's what I do. All right. You're like, you got to have the, the Dick Tracy with the voice recorder. And he's like, you know, the it was weird that they had the thing at the pool hall at the <laughs> when they have their notes on, on the crime. Obviously, I'm not a good Dick Tracy impersonator. <laughs> I think we can all admit that to ourselves. So if somebody wants to reach out to you to learn a little bit more about Dr. Rissy writing, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, I'm on social media everywhere as Marissa Schwartz. That's Marissa with an O and Dr. Rissy. So you can find me on pretty much every social media platform or just Google Marissa Schwartz or Dr. Rissy and you'll find me in my company. Nice. 
And that's super important with an SEO company. If you can't Google your SEO company, you probably shouldn't work with your SEO company. Just saying. Exactly. I actually, um, before I got into doing SEO, I had a client who did exactly that, where he said, Google SEO company in New Jersey, and we're going to hire the first one that comes up because that means that they really know their stuff. And I love that. So ever since then, I've made sure that, you know, when somebody Googles marketing and writing in New Jersey, boom, we come up. We had a, a big battle in this like little suburb that our company was in originally. And I don't know, like somebody had like targeted us because they wanted our spot and we were like entrenched as an SEO company. Like no one had done any SEO for this town name like ever. Right. And I'm pretty sure was still first there in Hillsboro, Oregon. But anyway, they come out with us and we just had like we just had to pull out all the stops. Right. Like, I mean, it was pretty easy to get ranked in a place where there's no competitor. Right. But then this one just out of they, they weren't even in Oregon. They were from some other part of the United States using all these sleazy black hat SEO tactics and stuff to rank in all these small towns across the country. So anyways, I got pissed off and we just went after them. And, you know, I, I don't even see them on the list anymore. So I think they either gave up or they got delisted. But yeah, I mean, it can SEOs is a weird, weird world. And the best way to fight against all the things that can happen, all the negative SEO and other companies doing shady things and people buying crap from Fiverr and and who knows what else goes on right behind the scenes is to have really good content that people enjoy. You know, there's there's no way that somebody can fight against that. So I think it's super important what you're doing. Thank you. Yeah, the, the black hat methods and shortcuts, they only work for a little while. They're not long term. You'll always come in on top in the long run if you have the best content. All right, Minister, thank you so much for being on the show today. And we'll talk again soon. My pleasure. Thank you. This has been Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Carrie Rouse. For notes and a transcript of this episode, go to hookseo.com forward slash podcast. Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business. Digital Marketing Masters is brought to you by Hook SEO Digital Marketing. Our show is produced by Matthew Rouse and Scott Burson. Mixed and edited by Silent Outburst Productions. I'm your announcer, Daniel D. Craig. We would love to hear your thoughts. Please leave us an honest review with your podcast provider. Your reviews help us help more business leaders just like you.